Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Well, today I want to start a series called The Ride. A series called The Ride. And you say, well, what's this all about? Well, here's the truth. How to get the most out of life with Christ. The ride, this, this life that we live is a ride. And here's what I've learned about this ride in life. Now, now you, may not, you may not think this, but how many of you guys want to get the most out of your life? How many guys? Raise your hand. Come on now. You want to get the most out of your life. Well, here's, here's kind of what I've learned. I've experienced a lot of uh, adventures in life. I've done a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that I enjoy. Like I, ride, I like riding horses. Um, I, I, like ride, I like hunting. I like you know, going hunting. I like you know, fishing if they're biting. I'm a fair-weathered fisherman, by the way. Anybody with me? If they're not biting, I'm out. <laughs> um, but I like, I like fishing. I like hunting. I like working cattle. I, I like working, period. I like working with my hands. I like working outside. I like, you know, getting dirty. I like all those things. But here's what I've learned about all those things. If I do those things alone, uh, they're not as fulfilling. Does that make sense? I mean, I can go shoot birds all day long. I've been, to, I've been pheasant hunting in Kansas, Nebraska. I've been all over. And I can go shoot pheasant all day long. But if I'm by myself, first of all, it's hard <laughs> to hunt pheasant by yourself. But if you go with other people, it, here's what I've learned. It's more about the fellowship than the feathers. Anybody with me? I mean, you've gone on these hunts and you maybe have shot the biggest deer of your life. But nobody was there to celebrate it with you. And you're like, crap. Or you caught that fish and you're like, nobody saw it. And so you tell your fish story. It was this huge. And everybody's like, you're full of junk. You know, because nobody was there to share it with you, right? Well, here's what I've learned about, again, my life. It it, it is more meaningful to me. And I, um, I experience more of life when I share life with someone that I like. Or love. And that has to be someone that you like or love, right? Because <laughs> there's some people that, <laughs> that you'd rather not share things with, right? I'm just being honest. Anybody with me? Can I get an amen on that? I know we're in church, but it's okay to say you don't like some people. <laughs> I'm just being real, okay? Well, here, here's the thing. We, we can experience all that life has to offer, but here's the truth. If we don't share it with, again, people that we love, people that we like, then we're not really living, right? I mean, again, there are no lone rangers in this world. I mean, again, you say, well, I like to work alone. I like to work alone to a certain extent, and I like to be alone uh, you know, at times, but at the end of the day, I need people in my life to share this life with, Right? Now, let me take that a step further. You may be thinking, well, I, you know, I want to experience life. And, and again, you can experience life with all the human friends, teenage friends. You can experience life with the, all the animals that you love. But here's the truth. Nothing compares to the life that you can live with Christ. And listen, you, you, you say, well, you know, what is this series about? Well, it's not just a self-help series. I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not, you know, Oprah. I'm not here to tell you, you know, just you live life to the fullest and give get her. You know, I'm not here to, to, to pump you up. Here's what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell you that you can have a better life. You can get the most out of life if you share it with Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, thank you. Golf clap, golf clap. (laughs) Now, here's the truth. If you experience life with Jesus Christ, you are experiencing life with the Savior of the world. And a life with Christ changes everything. It's a life of salvation. It's a life of hope. It's a life of security. It's a life of love. It's a life of relationship. I mean, again, some of you guys are here today and you're single and you're alone. You feel alone all the time. Listen, when you share a life with Jesus, you are never alone. And you can experience love that you've never felt. You can experience comfort. You can experience all those things. Now, here's the thing. I get to go hunting. I get to ride horses. I get to have sex with my wife. I get to play with my kids. I get to lead this awesome church that has $2 million in the bank. Praise the Lord. But here's the truth. Nothing compares to a life that I get to share with Christ. Nothing. I mean, all those things are great. And and you say, and here's another truth. All of the human relationships, all the earthly things that I have in my life are even more satisfying when Christ is at the center So again, it's not like I'm going to neglect my wife because she doesn't fulfill me as much as Jesus. No, that's stupid. The the truth is, when I share Jesus and I share a life with Jesus, my relationship with my wife is better. When I share, you know, the love that I have for Christ, when I go hunting and we thank God for the game that we shot, my life is better. So again, you know, again, Jesus is the one who truly satisfies us, but he can also make the human relationships and the earthly things of this world even more satisfying. And you say, well, I don't believe you. Well, I'll give you an example. There is a person in the Bible that shows us both sides, okay? The ride, he shows us this, the ride without Christ and the ride with Christ. And his name is Solomon. Anybody ever heard of Solomon? He was, listen, he was a king, Right? He was the wealthiest man on the face of the earth at the time. He was the wisest man on the face of the earth at the time. And although he had all this wisdom, he wrote the book of Proverbs, I mean, which is the book of wisdom. He he had all this wisdom. He had all these riches. Here's what he concludes. Listen to these. He, he puts in, in this scripture in Ecclesiastes verses, you know, chapters one through 10. He says that life is monotonous. I mean, it's predictable. I mean, again, these are some of the conclusions that he came to. Life is tedious. Life is, again, monotonous. And here's what else he says. Wisdom isn't all it's cracked up to be. I mean, listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18. It says, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. So again, he had all this wisdom and he said, you know what? It's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, things increase, you know, the sorrow increases. Here's what else he learned. Wealth doesn't make you happy. I mean, again, we got, we got $2 million in the bank and it's just, I mean, it's an amazing gift. We got all the money that we can use to, to build a covered arena, but that's not going to make us happy. Is it? Some of you guys are looking at me, dang right it will. Give me $2 million. I'll be happy. Who says money can't buy happiness? Let me try. But here's the truth. You can be wealthy and it won't really make you happy. And Solomon knew that. I mean, again, he was the richest man on the face of the earth. Listen to chapter two. It says, so I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. And my wisdom never failed. Anything I wanted, I would take. 
I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked for or so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Again, so he's saying, I, I, I'm life's monotonous. I mean, the wisdom, I mean, it's all, not all it's cracked up to be. Wealth is all, not all it's cracked up to be. And here's what else he says at the end. He says, guess what? We're all going to die. I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. For everything, there is a season, a time for <coughs> everything, every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to what? Time to die. I mean, so here's the wealthiest man, the richest man, the wisest man. I mean, again, and he comes up with all these conclusions about how life is monotonous. Wisdom isn't all it's cracked up to be. Wealth doesn't make you happy. And we're all going to die. Yippee. I mean, seriously, I mean, that's what he came up with. And, and so for the first 10 chapters of Ecclesiastes, he says life is not worth living. But here's, here's the thing. When Solomon adds God to the mix... It changes everything. When Solomon gets you know, off with all this other stuff that the world thinks that's going to make you happy and he turns his focus to God, it changes everything. So again, you may be going through this life and you may be thinking, well, I got a good life. I mean, life's good. I mean, I got all I could ask for. And listen, if you don't know Christ and if God's not in the mix of your life and actually in the center of your life, <laughs> You're going you're gonna to die anyways, and, and you may not be as happy. Um, I, I guarantee you won't be as happy. So again, let's pick up in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. You'll, it'll be on the screen, verses 1 through 6. And again, this is where Solomon adds God into the, the mix. I should get paid for drinking that. You know, like they do the advertisements at NASCAR, so like when they get interviewed, it's like, Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. Some of you guys need to watch NASCAR. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It says, Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what the risk might lie ahead. Verse 3. When clouds are heavy and the rain comes, whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they, will, they, they never harvest. So just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. And this is what else he says. <coughs> he says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you do not know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. Some, some great scriptures there. Now listen, here's the first point that I want to make in this series. I want you to realize this. Number one is this. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to I'll give you a main point and then I'm going to give you three sub points. Number one is this of this series. This ride is an adventure. This ride is an adventure. Now, I want to give you an example of this. My wife, my beautiful wife, I'm going to start out like that. <laughs> my wife, I married her because she was beautiful and because, you know, she loved Jesus and, you know, she was alive, right? 
<laughs> she was a warm body. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Um, <clears throat> but I did marry her because she was beautiful and because, again, because she loved Jesus. But here's something that, that you may not know about my wife. But when we, when we met, she wasn't so adventurous. <laughs> my, and I asked her if I could share all this stuff because I'm not here to dog my wife. But she just wasn't so adventurous. I mean, her, her, her thought of fun was going home every weekend from college, right? How many of you guys went home every weekend so you could see your mama? Yeah, yeah. Not so adventurous. <laughs> My wife wasn't so adventurous. Now, here's again, she grew up with a, what she called a safe life. A safe life. I mean, again, she grew up in a, in a comfortable life. No, no kind of getting out of the box. Um, when we were dating, again, she went home almost every weekend. I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't so much a, a adventure in her life. She had a closet full of clothes, but not much style. And she would admit that. I'm not just, I'm not saying that, but that's what she said. I'm trying to cover my bases here so I don't get my, my butt chewed. Anyways, um, she, she didn't, and she would say this as well. And I tried to get her to video herself so that she could share this, but she said no. But she didn't have many dreams in her life. I mean, it really, I mean, really her life was just kind of like just comfortable. Again, she loved what was predictable, but then she married Mr. Adventure. <laughs> Some of you ladies are like, oh, he's stuck on himself. No, listen, no, I love adventure. Again, adventures, you know, are, are things that I get, I get a thrill out of. You know, I, I, from, from, you know, when I got out of college, I thought, well, I'm not going to go get a real job. I'm going to go work uh, somewhere that's fun. So I decided, well, I like skiing. I like snow skiing because I was a youth pastor and I'd go every spring break. So I said, I want to go work at a ski resort. So I went for, you know, four or five months and I worked at Copper Mountain Ski Resort and I got to ski fresh tracks every day. I got to ski behind the ropes. I mean, I went out with guys. We skied the double black diamonds on the backside of the mountain. I loved it. It was an adventure. I mean, after that, my pastor called at the time and I got to go to Israel for 10 weeks. I got to walk where Jesus walked. I got to go, you know, swim in the Dead Sea. I got to river raft down the Jordan River. I loved it. I mean, it was an adventure. I mean, I, I, I bought my first colt. I mean, we, we were raised around horses, and I had a horses, you know, as a junior. But I, I bought my first colt when I was 27 years old, and I started breaking colts. Because it was an adventure. I mean, I bought a house that was run down. And they said, you just need to throw it down. You need to demolish it. And I said, well, I'm going to fix it up. And I fixed it up and we sold it for a profit. It was an adventure. I mean, I, again, I love a good adventure. I love being spontaneous. You tell me that I can't do it and I'll say, watch me. Because I love an adventure. Again, I, I love the unpredictable and, and you may see that in our church. I mean, again, you, you may come to church because you don't know what the preacher's going to do today. Let's go see what the preacher's going to do today. See, I love that because you can't walk in here and go, I wonder, I know exactly what he's going to do. I know exactly what he's going to say. I love it. I love the unpredictable. And so again, now, let me, let me brag on my wife. Now, my wife, I have to rein her in <laughs> because she's so adventurous. I'm like, come on back in here. You know? I mean, she, she uh, you know, here's the thing, and we were dating when this happened, but I had a colt that I was raising, and, and I, I put the first ride on her. Well, the same day I put a first ride on her, I was in the round pen, and I couldn't get her to move out. My wife, uh, she was, we were dating at the time, and, and I said, say, babe, uh, so would you get on this colt for me, and I'll move the colt around? She did it because she loved me. 
but she ended up on the ground. <laughs> but she was, she, she was adventurous. I mean, again, uh, when I took her skin for the first time, she went down a double black, or not a double black, but a black diamond. Because again, she was more adventurous. Uh, her style now is so much better. <laughs> not because of me, just because she's branched out. And now she has dreams. My wife has dreams, and I love that because I love making her dreams come true. And so again, you say, well, what's the point? Well, here's the thing. You may not be as adventurous. You may not think, you know, that life's very adventurous and that's okay. But here's what I want you to understand. Here's the point. When you trust in Jesus, you marry adventure. At least you ought to think of it that way. I mean, again, there are so many people that look at Jesus and all they see is this sweet little soft man. Gentle, holding a lamb. I mean, you've seen the pictures. I mean, that's all they, that's, they look at Jesus and they think, well, he just hung out in the temple with all the robed people. Now, listen, can I just share with you maybe a, a side of Jesus that I think was, was real that maybe nobody else has ever shared with you? I believe that Jesus took risks. I believe that Jesus, he, he, was, uh, he liked to party. And you say, well, Jesus liked to party? I'm not talking about sinful partying where you go tip a few back and, and, you know, get a little tipsy. I'm not talking about the sinful type of partying, but he liked to have fun. Again, he liked to be around people that were having a good time. And I think that he was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I really do. I mean, think about it. He didn't just take the shore. He walked on water. I mean, so again, some people look at, you know, Jesus and go, he was just always, you know, calm and collective. I think he laughed his head off. I think he laughed sometimes so hard that he farted. I mean, you've been there. I mean, I want you to think about it. I mean, seriously, uh, you guys have been there. I, I mean, just think about it. And you think, well, no, Jesus, that's sacrilegious. You can't say that about him. Guess what? He was fully human and yet fully God. So don't give me this crap about he didn't have a good time. I mean, again, he was a carpenter. He had calluses on his hands. He was a man's man. And he loved his father. And so again, I believe that he was adventurous. And again, Solomon, he illustrates this. Look at the scripture again. You have a tradesman shipping his grain. And listen to what it says. It says, send your grain across the seas and in time, profit will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know uh, what risks might lie ahead. And then the, the second guy was the farmer. And, and he talks about sowing his seed. It says, when the clouds are heavy, the rain comes down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the, uh, the mystery of a tiny baby growing in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God and who does all things. And so, listen, in those two illustrations, we find two things. You ready? Here's the, here's the two things. You find risk and you find faith. You find risk and you find faith. I mean, again, you think about it. This tradesman, he had all this grain. And guess what he did? He had to take a risk and put it on a ship where the pirates could have got it or that ship could have sank. So what did he do? He took a risk. He put his grain on the ship. He had to take a step of faith to say, okay, I'm going to ship my grain and I'm going to have faith that I make a profit. 
So he had risk and he had faith. The farmer was the same way. It, it, it says, you know, that the farmer had to take a risk and plant his seed, even though the weather wasn't always right. Right? So he had to have risk. And then he, he had to take a step of faith and harvest, even though the timing wasn't perfect. And so here's the thing. Number one is this. I've got three points and I'm done. Number one, God says that you have to live by the same two things. Number one is this. This ride is an adventure. It's time to take a risk. How many of you guys are not risk takers? Not. It's hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard for you guys. Um, Again, you know, I, I believe that God is saying to all of us, take a risk, take a risk, and I will work out the profit. I will work out the reward. The, the things that you've worked hard for, the job, the relationships, the money, the home, all that stuff. If you will just take a risk, I will reward you. Here's the truth. No risk, no reward. Think about it. <clears throat> the, the, the times that I've taken a risk, I've received a reward. The times that I've sat on my thumbs, I've not received anything. Um, and you say, well, okay, but how do I know what risks to take? Well, here's the answer. And I want you to listen to this because this is important. It's always right to risk for the sake of Christ. Think about that. You think, well, should I take this risk? Here's the truth. It's always right to take a risk for the cause of Christ. It's always right. I want you to think about this. When we started this church, my wife and I took the biggest risk of our entire life. I was, I was a pastor. We were living in a parsonage. So we, had none, not, we didn't have a home of our own. When we, when we started this church, we, did, we, were, we had two children under the age of like three and one in my wife's womb. I didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from when we moved out of that house. I did not know. We did not know where we were even going to live because we didn't have any place to go that we could, again, afford. And so again, we took all of those risks. And here's the thing. It took much prayer. It took tears. It took uncertainty. It took fear. Those are all the things that we felt. But listen, that's the hard side of it. Here's what else we felt. We felt like it was fun. At least I did. My wife may not admit that. But I I felt like it was fun. Again, I, I, I experienced laughter because I didn't know what was coming. I get sick of knowing what's coming. I want to know that, that there's something out there that's unpredictable. And so again, we, we, we laughed together. We had a sense of new beginning. We had a sense of joy, excitement, and we were challenged. Why? Because we took a risk for the cause of Christ. And I, can I tell you today, it was worth the risk. And so you say, well, okay, Bo, how, how do I know if I'm supposed to take this risk or not. Now, let me, let me just point this out as well. Not all risks for Christ are necessary. They're not all necessary. Let me, let me say, let me say you know, just because they're risky, they're not all necessary. I'll give you an example. In Luke chapter 4, the devil tempts Jesus. Remember that? The devil comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, walk up to the top of this temple and jump off. And let's see your angels catch you. You know what Jesus did? Said, don't, don't, tempt, don't tempt me. He knew where to draw the line. It, it was a risk and he could have done it for the adrenaline, but he says, no, I'm not going to do it. 
there's another example of Paul. I mean, Paul's preaching the gospel and there were people that wanted to kill him. And instead of going out into the, you know, the road and saying, bring it on. Guess what he did? They, 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 they put him in a basket and they lowered him down a wall and he escaped. You know why? Because it wasn't necessary for him to take that risk. And so you say, well, okay, Bo, how do I know? How do I know what risk I, I should take? Well, here's the truth. You, again, God will show you. You say, I don't know if I'm supposed to take this risk or not. God will show you. And here's the other truth. His word will reveal to you whether you should or should not. Does that make sense? I mean, if you think, well, I'm supposed to take this risk and, and I'm supposed to borrow a million bucks and I have a job that makes $30,000, not so much. Probably not the risk that God wants you to take. Um, you know, again, you may be thinking, well, I need to take this risk and I need to marry this person even though they don't love Jesus. The word of God says that you're supposed to marry people that, again, share your faith. It's called being equally yoked. Again, so a lot of the questions, a lot of the risks that you think, should I take it? They're revealed to you in the word of God. And you know that, okay, this isn't a risk of God and you can just mark it off. But then there are risks that God leaves up to you and he impresses on your heart. And he says, I want you to take a risk. And so again, you say, how do I get the most out of this life with Christ? You got to take a risk. You say, what does that risk look like sometimes? Let me give you some examples. Next time you're in a a situation and and a door opens up for you to share your love for Jesus, take a risk and share it. I mean, again, some of us are like, well, crap, man. I mean, this guy, he may not like me anymore. I mean, we may lose our friendship because I shared it. Take a risk. Do something. Step out. You say, well, what else, what else, what are some other risks that I might be able to take? Again, some of you guys are maybe in a position or a job that you can't serve God to your fullest extent because that job is, um, it's, it's, it's too much. And God may be saying to you, hey, you need to, you need to move to another job so you can serve me more. Some of you guys have money, and uh, again, you don't know how you could give it to the church. You don't know how you could bless this church so that we could reach unchurched people, but you're, 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 you're challenged with this idea of, okay, I need to tithe. I know that's something God wants me to do, and I need to do it. Can I just tell you, take the risk. Take the risk. Don't be stupid. Don't give, you know, half your paycheck and, you know, trust that God's going to feed your babies. Don't, don't be stupid. But take some risk. Take a risk and give what God has, give a portion back of, of what God has given you. And so again, the, the, this ride is an adventure. We have to take a risk. Number two is this. This ride is an adventure. Have big faith in me. That's what God says. He says, it's an adventure. Have faith in me. Again, faith is always married to risk. Think about it. If you're going to have faith, it's going to take a risk. I mean, they're inseparable. You can't have one without the other. And the truth is, you may not know what tomorrow brings, but guess what? God does. And if you're going to live a life of adventure, you have to take a step of faith. Number or verse five says this, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Listen, God has created all things. He knows all things and does all things. And here's the cool part. He wants to show you what he can do, but you have to take a step of faith. He can show you. 
He, he, he wants to reveal his, you know, again, his reward. He wants to give you more out of this life than you've ever done. But you actually have to take a step of faith. He doesn't bless, again, when you sit on your thumbs and you don't do anything. So you got to take a step of faith. And you say, well, okay, Bo, what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is, in, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Here's what faith is for me. When a battle comes, when, when all hell breaks loose, when you have a choice to make, we rise up. We prayerfully develop a plan and we take the first step, all the while praying that the Lord will do whatever he wants to do. That's what faith is. And that's what he's asking us to take again. And so you may be thinking, well, Bo, you know, what, what, do I, what do I do? How do I take this risk? How do, I, how do I step out on faith? Listen, God will reveal it to you. Here's the third point and I'm done. This ride can be a great adventure when you ride it with Christ. It can be a great adventure. I mean, again, you can ride Bronx, you can date a good-looking woman, you can ski black diamonds, but here's the truth. The, 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 the greatest adventures that I've ever experienced have been adventures for the cause of Christ. They've been adventures for the cause of Christ. He makes all the difference. He's ready to take you on an adventure. You just have to get in the saddle and take the ride and so again, maybe you're here today and you're like, oh, you know, I, I, I live a boring life. I live a monotonous life. I, I've never taken a step of faith. Listen, you are missing out on a great adventure. You are. God has special plans for you and you are missing out on that adventure. And so today, guess what? You have a choice to make. Are you going to sit and are you going to you know, live without any risk? Are you going to not take a step of faith? Or are you going to step out on faith, take a risk, and do it for the glory of God? He wants to take you on a ride. He wants you to get the most out of life. It's up to you. He's offering it. And guess what? He says, I'll ride with you. He doesn't go say, get out there, have a risk, take a risk, and I'll be there in a minute. No, he says, guess what? I'm going to ride right next to you, and I'm going to be there every step of the way. And so that's your choice. Are you going to enjoy that? Or are you going to not? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, you say, Bo, what is the, what is the reward? I mean, if I take a risk, if I step out on faith, what is the reward? Here's the reward. Here's, here's what I believe the reward is, at least for me. The reward is, is bringing glory to God. Again, you say, well, I thought the reward would be money. I thought it'd be fame. I thought it'd be, you know, uh, you know whatever. I mean, I thought, you know, the reward would be marriage. All, I mean, all that stuff. Again, all that stuff is, is a blessing. But here's the true reward. When you take a risk, it brings glory to God. The riskiest parts of my life have, have and the, the biggest steps of faith in my life have brought the greatest glory to God. Here's the other part of the reward. 
when I as a father, men, I want you to listen to this. When I as a father take a risk every now and then for the cause of Christ and I step out on faith, guess what? My reward is being the hero of my wife and the hero of my kids. That's my reward. And so here's the question. Are you on the adventure or are you sitting on your thumbs? Are you enjoying this ride? And, and, and uh, I mean, you, you're, you're just going through the motions and life is kind of boring for you. Or are you living an adventurous life for the cause of Christ? Listen, if you will give your life to Christ, who is the king of adventure, and you will start taking some risks for his cause and you will step out and have big faith he will reward you listen and it won't be easy some of the rewards are hard but it will be worth it and so again my prayer for you today is this that you would come to know first of all the king of adventure which is Jesus Christ himself. And you say, Bo, how do, I, how do I know this king of adventure? How do I come to know Jesus personally? Here's how you do it. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You say, well, what's all that mean? Here's, here's what it means. If you will confess him, if you will say, okay, Lord, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin and come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the boss of my life. And I ask you to guide me. Listen, if, if you just pray that in your heart, not in your, necessarily in your mind or any, you know, just because I ask you to do it, do it because you mean it in your heart. Then he will come into your life and he will give you eternal life. And the adventure can start. And so again, you say, well, how do I know that king of adventure? You give your life to him. You confess him as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step. Again, some of you Christians are here today, and you've been Christian for a long time, but it's been a while since you took a risk for the cause of Christ. It's it's been a while since you've taken a big step of faith. Can I just challenge you? What are you waiting on? You only have one life. And I hope and my prayer is that you get the most out of this life with Christ by your side. Not that you would live a monotonous, predictable life with no adventure. And so that's my challenge to those of you that are Christians today. Here's what I'm going to do. If, if you need prayer, if you, you know, again, have a risk that you feel like you're supposed to take and you don't know if you're supposed to take it or not, write it on the orange card. I will, I will walk through this with you. And I will be able to maybe share some wisdom from the word of God that maybe will guide you on whether you should take that risk or not. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And again, if you need help or if you have questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to ride this adventurous life with you. And Lord, today, may there be people in this room, again, who have been sitting on their thumbs. May they get off their thumbs and take a risk and live by faith today for your cause and for your glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. 
Thank you again for listening to this message, and we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction. I long for a trip, I don't need no grip, I'm taking one more ride. Way out there in the prairie air, I guess it's in my hide. For oh, the clickety-clack of the railroad track is calling.